Whether you loved having your kids home for the pandemic or whether you couldn't wait for them to go back to school, it's such a provocative discussion that we're going to have today with our guest, Tisha Michelle, who was a mom by the age of 16 and now is a mom to four kids that span 16 years. She has a lot to say about how she was taught by life and now helps her kids to be taught by life as well. Join us for this conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the big mystery, the divine presence, those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards where we need to be to evolve our consciousness to do our soul's curriculum, whatever that is for each one of us. And the mystery of discovery of that is so potent and powerful. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love having these conversations. I love discovering and revealing and celebrating the wisdom of every single person in every life journey, every embodied experience as a soul and a human. I love celebrating that and the mystery of how everything interconnects and how we're led exactly where we need to be for the discovery and the revelation we need to have. And sometimes that journey involves a lot of pain and struggle. And we can get a little stuck there in that spot from time to time and wonder why does life have to be so hard? Why do things have to be so challenging? Why do people have to be so mean? You might even have voices like, this isn't fair. And I understand all of that. And as we elevate our perspective into soul soul lens, we put our soul glasses on and we see through that lens, we might understand something radically different than we do from our human experience and seeing things from our human being. So today's guest is someone who has carried a story of struggle. Tisha Michelle is here with us. Welcome, Tisha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to have you here. So Tisha, at the age of six, she was moved to Virginia, raised for by her grandmother for a short time, and then met her father, who also died shortly after that from HIV. And I don't know if you know this, probably not. My father, my natural father actually also died of HIV. So I oh, wow. understand that experience. And then by 16, Tisha was pregnant. And so she... She had a lot of obstacles in front of her, as we all know, anybody who's a mother. And to be a mother at 16, that's, that's just a huge complication to your life. And what do you do? You've got little people to care for now. So lots and lots has happened. And, and today, what's interesting is how Tish is a, a champion of social justice for court-appointed, special-advocated voice for children. And she's the podcast host of Seeing With Your Soul, And I have been on that podcast and I'll be sharing the link to that episode. And she's the founder of Heal, Align, and Glow, the creator of the HAG Network and a special, a spiritual guide, a special spiritual guide, actually. We were going to be honest about that. So we're going to just start in with your story 
And, you know, I love this from your bio. Tisha Michelle is living proof that black girl magic is real. And I totally mm-hmm. believe that. <laughs> so tell us, <laughs> tell us about your story. I want to hear more. So it's so interesting when I like for you to like read it back and stuff and especially like the part about like my dad and it was really interesting and I'm glad you actually read that because I really didn't have a feeling behind it. And so I'll tell you a little bit more about that. So like I said, my dad was never in my life. Um, I didn't actually meet him per se until I was 14. So he was in my life for two years and then he died and he died from HIV. From that point all the way up until... I'm 41 now, just turned 41. So I want to say maybe 39. I always lied about the family history. Like when you go to the doctors and stuff, I would say, oh yeah, he died from cancer. Cause you know, that's like, unfortunately it's a common thing. And I never told anybody that because I felt ashamed and I felt like embarrassed as, as if it was like me or something, you know? So when you said that, I was like, oh wait, I don't feel anything behind that. Like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. You know, (laughs) I know I've been like talking about it, you know, per se more, but just, you know, hearing you say that. So I even just really appreciate that because that was just a reflection back to me to say, wait a minute, I actually feel okay with that. And there's, you know, that shame and stuff isn't there. But yeah, so my mom, going back to like the story, I was raised by my grandmother for, um, for a while because my mom was on, she was on drugs. And my dad just wasn't in my life. He's just doing whatever he wanted to do, I guess, in that sense. Um, so I was raised by my grandmother until, you know, a little bit later on. Then um, my mom, you know, finally got herself clean and straight. And then um, we were, you know, living with each other. So at that point, like, I really was just kind of doing my own thing. Honestly, you know, I'm like, as a teenager, my dad's in my life at 14. And then for those two you know, years. He's trying to tell me what to do. I'm like, please, like I do my own thing. Like, dude, who are you in that sense? And one thing that he said, well, there's two things that stands out. One, he said, my daughter doesn't have to ask anybody for anything. And in my mind, I'm like, you damn right. I don't, you know, thinking like that's a badge of honor, but it actually really helped me back a lot, which was where the struggle came in. And then the second thing that stands out the most is that when he found out I had a boyfriend, he was like, you don't need to have a boyfriend. He said, because all you're going to do is drop out of school and have a baby. Uh, Ding, ding, ding. Guess who dropped out of school and had a baby? Like me. So those are like the two things that stand out the most from my dad, which is so crazy, you know, in that sense that ended up um, happening. So even when you said like, you know, being 16 and having like a little one to take care of, it was because I was never really one of those that I remember anyway to say like, oh my gosh, when I get older, I'm going to have so many kids. And so I was like, I don't think I ever thought about anything like that. When I really sit to think back, I'm like, it was never something that was there but yet that's what you know happened which I do think was like my greatest gift you know and I really do appreciate actually having my kids super young like I was always like the young mom and I got to like keep up with them and in that sense and all so um so yeah so just throughout that time there was just a lot of struggle you know honestly there was just a lot of struggle a lot of like financial struggle because I felt like I had to do everything on my own and I didn't I won't ask anybody for help there's not being you know I don't want to be vulnerable because if I put myself out there what are people going to think about me are they going to judge me and lord knows if you tell me no then I'm going to feel rejected <laughs> so you know that was a lot of that struggle that's you know, a big so. job for somebody 16 to have to start off with a baby is um gosh I just think about where my head was at at 16 and I was not prepared to take care of myself, you know, like I didn't know how to take care of myself, never mind somebody else. And I just got, I got lucky, you know, cause I was very promiscuous. So I just, 
I just happened to get lucky and not get pregnant. But um, but that's definitely something that could happen easily at 16. Yeah, easily. You know, and like, even when I talk about like that, I dropped out of like, I never got my high school diploma, but I did get my GED. But it wasn't until like, probably actually when I've been on this journey and, um, and this was after the death of my best friend, but I really started reflecting and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't drop out of school because I had a kid. You know, when they talk about like the statistics and all this, I think all that's like a joke to me anyway, because I'm like, who are you interviewing? You know, in that in that sense, because I beat all those odds, but I actually dropped out of school because I don't know if you like remember if it was like the same per se, but your actual grade was according to your English class. So you could pass everything, but whatever class you were in English, you were considered to be that level. And I remember I didn't pass English for the English class. And what they did was that they put me in like a 10th grade English, but I was technically 11th. And I just had to like, it was like a point or something. And I had to do some things or whatever to get straight, to get bumped up. But because I was in considered 10th and not with everyone else, I was like, I'm done. I'm not finishing school. This is embarrassing. And that's why I stopped school. Mm, That's interesting. I wonder how many people. I started thinking about it. I said, wait a minute. Yeah. But it was really more so than when I really f- reflect deeper, that was because I was more concerned with what other people would think. Mm. You know, that was a deeper thing behind it. So I was like, wait a minute, I didn't drop out of school because I was pregnant. I was still going to school. It was because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be in a lesser grade than where my people are. Mm-mm. That's so, so crazy. Yeah, it's hard. We have one child that really struggles with grades right now. And... He just can't seem to get himself over the hurdle to, you know, to get all passing grades, no matter how much attention is spent with him. And no matter how much we do with him, he just still is blocked there for whatever reason. And we're, we're kind of up against that little decision right now. It's actually a big decision. It's like, okay, are you going to continue forward with your classmates or are you going to be held back? And that seems like a really powerful lesson for him, you know, and also like you're saying, like it has all those social implications too of um, how are you going to feel about yourself if you're held back a grade? And when I think of it now in that sense where um, like I saw I have four kids and two of them finished, you know, school and um, one graduated college and then the other one, he went to, he graduated, they both graduated high school. And um, the second one went to college and then was like, yeah, this is not my my thing. And he's really just going after what he's passionate about, which is amazing to me. And then my other two are homeschooled now. So I got such a taste of everything. And then when I really step back and think about it, I'm like, I really allowed the pressure of society when it comes to like their school system to determine what I was going to do with my life. Where in actuality, and this is no shade, this is just my belief and stuff to school I'm like what are we really actually learning that we can actually do out here in life itself you know it was so much of an emphasis on there and I just really made a whole life decision based off of like society saying what this school system and what that means like I could read you know I could write I know how I know how to add subtract and multiply and stuff but yet for whatever reason you know I didn't pass enough to their standards in English that I was like oh no I'm just gonna stop school and just be done you know, I made like that big decision. It's just so crazy when I think about it, though, like or, or how many other people are in a situation that might not have anything to do with school, but you're allowing society to di- dictate your future versus yeah. based off of what you want. Yeah, exactly. And how, you know, where does self-worth come from? Where does your idea about your worth or your value or your direction in life? And I think that we have a lot of um, 
ideas about, at least I know, I grew up with lots of ideas about the path to success looks just like this. And if you don't follow this exact path to success, then you won't be successful and you'll end up, you know, having a less desirable life kind of thing. But then I, I did all that and I got to the other side of it. I have all the degrees and I have all the things and I got to the other side and I was like, I'm going to walk away from all that and <laughs> go do energy healing. And people thought, mm-hmm. well, you're crazy. Like you've just given <laughs> away your your whole career and everything and you're just going to like let it all go and you're going to go into this thing that nobody believes in anyway, right? Yeah. And so I feel like we find our own pathways to our yeah. purpose. Oh, absolutely. And I know that was a big part, you know, for me, it was just really the way that it came about, but I'm like, oh, it was actually a great decision. So when, you know, we talk about like, they'll be like, oh, statistics say that if you, you know, you had a kid early or young, like your kid will do the same. And that's partly, it depends on the person, but my mom had me at 16 and then I had my daughter at 16 and I said, oh, hell no, it stops here. It stops here. So my oldest is 23, no babies, you know what I mean? finished high school, finished college. Now she started her own business. She's living in LA. And then like my son, so he hasn't been to jail. They say, if you had a a teen, you know, um, boy, then he's going to be like in jail. Nope. Graduated high school. He's actually moved to Hawaii. Like (laughs) he's 21, you know, he's living in Hawaii. And then I have my third child who's 15, about to be 16. I was like, we got to get over this thing. We got to get over this um, to make sure that it changes in that sense. You know, but really just looking at it in that sense, I'm like, I know it was all a part of my purpose. You know, it's all a part of my purpose. It was just kind of the way that it happened, you know, which is where we don't really expect these things to happen a certain way. And then like the universe has like another, your soul has another plan. It's like surprise. But it's, you know, when I look back at it, I'm like, well, it was meant to happen. And I don't regret anything. You found your way a different way than society's dictated path. And you're obviously doing well. I mean, you have your your podcast and you do the work that you do with clients. So talk, talk a little bit about how your path unfolded for you into what you're doing today. Okay, so the way that it actually really unfolded. So I, everybody always came to me for like advice and like, oh, you have the answers to everything. And I don't know, I just feel so safe to tell you this. And I used to be thinking that they were just weirdos. Strangers would talk to me, tell me their business. I'm like, that's so weird. Like, why would you do that? But I was feeling like that because I was very closed and private. And I would never talk, you know, share any of my business with anybody, not even family. So that's kind of all that's always been there. But um, not but however, in December 29th, 2017, my best friend, Gloria, we were best friends for over 20 years, she went to sleep and she didn't wake up. So that was a natural like, I mean, punching my chest, my stomach, everything. And I was so confused. And I remember vividly one day, this was shortly after the service, and I was looking for something in my closet and I was going to like get like tape or something. And I ended up touching something. And when I pulled it down, it was like the the program from the service. I had extras, right? Because I had some up in my living room and I had extras. So I just started crying. And I was just like bawling my eyes out. And I was sitting on the floor, I was home alone. And I was just crying and crying and crying. And I just remember saying, like, there has to be more to life than this, because if this is it, I don't want to be here. And I always like to make it very clear that I wasn't suicidal, but I was questioning my existence because it just didn't make any sense. I'm like, how can you be 39 because she's 39 and just go to sleep and you just like don't wake up? We have all these plans. You have kids. You have a husband. You have a family. I'm like, this shit doesn't make no sense at all, because I in my mind, for whatever reason, I thought we just get old, get sick and then we die. 
right? Now, I don't know why that was in my brain that that was the process, you know, that it's just like, that's just what happens. And then because that was my thought process and then something else happened, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. So a couple of days later, my answer came when I said there has to be more to life than this. Um, and it came through her sister and she had had a reading with a, a psychic medium and she was already into all of that stuff anyway. So that was out of the way. I wanted no parts of any of that. I don't bring that woo-woo stuff to me. Don't talk <laughs> about any of that. Keep it away. This is just ridiculous because I grew up with that. My grandmother, my grandfather, my mom, they'd see people before we have the, they'd have the candles. I'd be scared of the candles and the statues. And I'm like, keep it away. I don't want anything to do with that. But she started telling me what this lady was saying and how, and plus I trusted, you know, um, her name's Leah. I trusted Leah. So I know if she was believing this person, it was for real. And I wanted to hear something so bad from my best friend that I was willing to step into the unknown. I was like, give me her number. Give me her number. Like, cause I mean, if you trust her and these things that she said to you that I didn't even know about you and you're like, what? I was like, give me the number. And that's what opened it. So I started talking, I did a session with her. And the very first thing she said to me was on FaceTime. She said, your dad is here. And I just started crying. Mind you, I don't cry in front of anybody. And this is a stranger. Like, what the heck? And it touched me so much just by her saying that. And everything that she was saying, I was like, yo, it's like she read my book. But it was the book that I hadn't written yet. So my dad came through, my grandmother came through, and then my best friend came through. And in that order, and that's how they all passed. And she was just telling me so much and just unlocking so much. And some things that I got had to get verified through my aunt. I was like, she was telling me this. She's like, oh, you know what that means? I'm like, no, I don't. And she's telling me things from my childhood. It was so crazy. And one thing that she said to me, she said, you know, you can do this, right? And I was like, do what? She was like this. I was like, whatever. I'm like, no, I can't. And she's like, no, you can. And it was from there. And I was like, okay, I believe everything else she says. So maybe she's onto something. And then that's when it just all, a life literally started looking different. Spirits started talking to me through numbers. Then she told me to go get this Oracle card deck. And then she's, I got the Oracle card deck. And then she said, okay, now I need you to throw the book away. I'm like, why? I just paid money for this and I need to know what the card. She said, no, anybody could remember and, or read from a book. She's like, you need to tune into your intuition. So throw the book away. And as you pull a card for yourself or someone, I just want you to just speak and just start to trust yourself. And then it just started opening and it just started developing. And I'm like, even to this day, I'd be like, I blow my own mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do a reading with somebody and all this stuff will come through. And I'll be like, in my mind, I'll be like, dang, I'm blowing my own mind right now. So then it just started to just like develop. And again, life started to look different. And I was led to Egypt and I spent 10 days in Egypt. And I was really just on this like self-discovery. So I was doing a lot of discovering, you know, and relearning and and dealing with things that I had just buried. Because, you know, we live in a society that promotes avoidance. You know, let's just be real. It's just to avoid everything. And then you think that you're healed because you're just out of sight, out of mind. But some of those things were really starting to come up for me to actually truly start to face them. So while everything was, I used to say in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, I'm just skateboarding through life. I never got on a skateboard before, but that's what it felt like. I was like, I'm just skateboarding through life. Everything is great. And then all of a sudden it just started hitting me. And that was a shadow. And I had to start, I started facing like those things. And I was like, wait a minute, I thought this was supposed to be all amazing, you know? And, but then, you know, I started doing the work, the inner work. And then, um, cause you know, it starts within yourself first and then you start to teach others. And that's how it just started to like, um, you know, unravel. And that's how I'm here now. 
having a conversation with you and your listeners. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, I love that. I love that she told you to throw the book away. I've never heard that before, but I'm always constantly amazed at the messages that come through those cards mm-hmm. and have, you cannot make that up. Like you're yeah, you <laughs> sitting with somebody and the card comes out. That's the card. And you're just like that. You can't make this up. This stuff is real. It, that's exactly <laughs> the message that's needed. Yeah, that's amazing. So you started practicing that. And, and you started realizing, you know, that you had an aptitude for it because that's probably what you came here to do. Right. I mean, that's who you're meant to be. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I meant I'm this modern day mystic, right. Because people think that it has to be like this woo woo and this flowing and this and that. I'm like, you're going to probably see me in some Nikes, you know what I mean? Or you might see me in a long, you know, maxi dress or something, but you know, and I'm from Brooklyn, you know, I had a kid at 16, you know, my mom was this and that, but you know, I'm, I'm in tune. And I look different than what you think it may be, but I'm so relatable. And now I understand why I went through so many things in my life because experience is the greatest teacher. So that's how I now I could relate with other people. And I also started healing through helping other people heal, like teaching them to heal because spirit will give me a message for them. And then I'll be like, dang, that was for me. You know what I mean? Like, that was like for me also, I'll be like, I hope I remember this like when I'm done, you know, because I got to take, you know, what I just said to this person and it was just really just starting to open up. But yeah, so I tell people all the time, while yes, I miss my best friend, you know, the physical sense, I know that she is here, but she gave me the greatest gift ever. She helped me to remember my purpose. Yeah. So. And, you know, for a lot of people before that door opens up, they feel a little lost, you know, like you were feeling, they feel lost. They feel like somebody tell me like who I am or what I'm here for. Somebody tell me, that my loved ones are okay. Um, I, I need somebody that has access, you know? And the truth is we all have the potential to access the spirit world, but not all of us are willing to take that journey to trust that voice inside. And so we need people like you, you know, we all need different voices, different people, you know, showing us that this is possible. And then we might believe it in ourselves at some point. Oh, absolutely. That's why I say I like I give people permission to be themselves because we so seek that permission. And it starts from being in school. You know, you need to raise your hand and use the bathroom. I was like, so since that's already ingrained in you, like I am now giving you permission to be yourself. <laughs> so when I was I was reflecting on this a couple of days ago, talking to a client slash friend and I made a joke. I was like, oh, because she was saying like, man, I'm seeing like all these people that's like done this work with you and all this change. I was like, wow, I've actually popped a lot of cherries in the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like cracking up. And I was like, I actually really have. And I was like, wow, that is so, it's such an honor, you know, that people are actually trusting in me to help guide them. And I tell people all the time, they're like, oh my God, you did this. And I'm like, thank you. And I'm going to receive those compliments. I was like, but the only difference between me and you is I practice this. That's it. I practice it more. That's it. I was like, so the spirit guides, your spirit guides, they're your spirit guides. I'm just calling you your spirit guides in, but they're your people's, you know? (laughs) So it's really like working with people so that they can understand. And I tell them all the time, I said, you know, I may be, you know, per se your first teacher, but I'm not going to be your only one. You know, I'm going to take you as far as I'm meant to take you. And then there's going to be a book. There's going to be a podcast. There's going to be another spiritual guide or, you know, a retreat or something that you go on. And I'm starting to see like the different things with people, the ones that I'm, you know, like connected with, like on social media and stuff. And I'm like, it's such a beautiful thing. Like I see their language is changing, you know, the certain things that they're sharing is changing. And I'm like, yes, because it's like, you know what, you have finally realized 
that there's so much more to life than just existing. And to me, I'm like, that's beautiful. There's so much more to life than just existing. I love that message. It's like, we have to look outside the systems. You know, the systems are only there to create some sense of normalcy. And that doesn't work for everybody. You know, I mean, everyone's path is their own path. Their own path to finding their divine connection is their own path. And you can't, you can't make a system for that. There is no system for that. So we have these other systems to help us kind of cope with life while we're waiting for this magical thing to unfold for us that may or may not unfold depending on our life circumstances, right? And whether we say yes to it. So there's like this greater life, this greater sacred existence that's offered to each person. But there's no like step one, step two, step three path to get there, right? Like it's the yeah. it's the feminine, it's the windy road, it's the it's the mystery. It's the who knows when that's going to unfold path. So in the meantime, we have this other sort of thing to do while you're waiting for that to unfold. But that is, um, that's just, we get stuck in that spot. A lot of people yeah. get stuck in that, in that system, the systemic part. And it's not fulfilling. It's very um, unfulfilling, actually, at least in my experience. Yeah. For me, it was. No, it, it is. It's, it's draining. And it's really just like, like I had someone say to me today, we were talking and he said, yeah, you know, I just kind of been feeling like um, I'm stuck. You know, I'm in like the groundhog day, except for every day. It's different. And I was like, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? I get it. Where it's just like, it's that feeling of that every day is the same thing, same thing, even though there may be different things in your day, but it's still that feeling is the same where it's there. And I was like, yeah, you're on the cusp of about to pop. You know, so it's really what you do with that and stuff. And you don't always like to tell people that we're never really, we're never stuck. We feel stuck. We're just blocked. You know, it's more, it's more of a block, but I get that feeling. But there's so many people that are in that and they stay in it because they think that that's it. Yeah. They just accepted this, you know, this sort of like existence that hasn't have a whole lot of depth or meaning as something true. But I feel like having children opens, at least for me, having children opened me up to something way more sacred. It opened me up to that, ex- that that connection with that I think only a parent can really feel for their child. It's like that love that opens up in your heart. And when you experience that, at least for me, I realized life is way more meaningful than whatever this shallow stuff is that I'm doing. Like that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But what really matters is the connection I'm making with other people, you know, with my beloveds, with people I really care about. So how, how are you, um, how did motherhood open you up to those kinds of gifts? Well, I think I would probably definitely say, um, especially being like so young and like having like, it just, it showed me like a lot of my strengths that I really didn't know that I had to like care for like another whole, like, human being like that's just weird like 16 <laughs> you know and and um it also taught me like I don't want to say because I had to balance that out but now I know that I'm the most important person in my life I have to come first before my children so I can be able to take care of myself to be able to take care of them but at that time and just having like my um you know having my child it's just like wow okay it's not just me that I have to think about. I have someone else to think about. So I feel like it just pushed me a little further, pushed me a little more to do things because it wasn't, it's like, wait a minute, somebody else is counting on me. 
So I think that has like a, a you know a part. But then there was a misbalance of that where I just started to like only live for my kids. And that's where I had to say, wait a minute, you know, and I didn't learn that until later on in life that, wait a minute, I'm not here just to live for my kids. I have to take care of myself so I can be able to continue to take care and be able to provide for them, you know, allowing myself to get the burnt out and doing the things and not doing things that brought me joy because I had to stop and do things like for them. And then it was, I was like, wait a minute, but if I get burnt out or I have a stroke or something like who's going to take care of them. So that in t- also taught me to start to care about myself by, because I was a mother. So it was like the both parts. So like the first half was just like all of just all about them. And then that's what it taught me about being able to care for someone. And then it opened me up to, sit, to start to really start to care more about myself because I'm like, wait a minute, the thought of if something was to happen to me now, like who would care for them? I was like, I don't like that. You know, yeah, I don't like I, that at all. So I started to care for myself. That's really powerful. I mean, I think it's important for for every person to learn how to take care of themselves. And then certainly those who are serving others, you know, it's like we have to learn how to do that. Otherwise, like you said, how are we going to be there to support others if we can't even take care of ourselves? And I think having children is definitely one of those lead pressure cookers that forces the issue of needing to be able to take care of yourself and then model that for your kids, right? Because we have to model where we have to be the demonstration. If we're just, I see so many moms that burn themselves out trying to do every little thing for everybody. And I was one of those moms. And mm-hmm. then, but if we're teaching and modeling for our kids, the burnout cycle, instead of teaching Absolutely. and modeling them, like how to take good care of ourselves so we can show up even better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you also, so you have four. So that means that you, you have explored the variances in their personalities and how they need to be mentored differently, right? They all are different and they each have their own pathways. And I heard you say that your last two are homeschooled. So talk a little bit about that decision process that you went through. So it was really, so I have, my youngest is 10, so he's 10. So I went girl, boy, girl, boy. (laughs) So the 10 year old, it was really more so because I was on a self-discovery and I, my, you know, I was awakened and I was really starting to see like how the school system just really keeps you like the same. And it's not really teaching you per se, like the life skills. And a lot of the things that was being taught into school was just like, mm, we don't, I don't even use that. I don't even remember. I don't even use it now. But it really was what, um, what really triggered it was my 10 year old, which obviously wasn't 10 at the time, but, um, He's really, really good in math. He's his numbers. He's just like amazing with his numbers. And I'm like, and the way he comes up with things, I'm like, how did you even do that? But his teacher had, you know, said to me, you know, he he gets really bored because he finishes it quickly that she just, she recognized his gifts, which I was really appreciative of that. And she said she would have to give him additional work because he was already done. And he was, he was just done. And she was like, in the way that he would come up and show it, she was like, I would be so amazed. Like, how did he do that? So again, I appreciate his teacher because she didn't say, oh, it has to be done. Like most, most teachers are, it has to be done this way. You got to show it this way. But she let him express it, but he didn't like school. He was very quote unquote, well-behaved in school, never not a troubled kid or anything of that sort, but he hated school. And I was like, dang, this is so crazy. It's not like he's acting out or anything. And he was just like bored. And I was like, that has to be awful to be going to school every day and feeling like that because it's not stimulating you. And I was like, 
he needs to be homeschooled and we need to let life teach him and let him explore the things that he needs to explore. And of course, to make sure, you know, how to read and write and add and multiply, but all that fancy stuff, we got calculators now, you know, always on our phone, you know? So I was like, I want to homeschool him. And I was super nervous about talking his dad, his dad was going to agree with it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay. So I had this whole defense thing up together and I was like, okay, let me get the nerve up and talk to his dad and say, would you agree to this? And I was like, okay, I got the nerve. And I said it to him. His response was, I don't care as long as I don't have to do anything. I was like, wait, what? I had this whole long list of like, why? And I was ready to like, you know, defend and all this and that. And he was like, yeah, messed your head up with that one. And I just started laughing. And I said, you know what? This is what it looks like when you're in alignment with what is really truly meant to be because the things that you thought were going to be a barrier spirit will take them away. And that was a big thing was his dad. And he was just like, I don't care as long as I don't have to do anything, (laughs) you know, in that sense. And so that was what happened. So I pulled him out of school and then my, my daughter, she was already on in middle school. I pulled her out the next, and that was her choice. She said she wanted to, and she wanted to like explore some other things. So I was like, okay, then let's do that. And it's been great. You know, in that sense, it's really like giving them that space to be creative and to learn the things that they want to learn. I think what will be interesting is to see your two older children and how they get on in their lives with uh, their own self-concepts and to see how it's different with your two younger ones getting on in life with their self-concepts. Like one, two kids kind of going through the conditioning of school and two kids being at home and getting more flexibility to express and be themselves and to see the relationship between, you know, if there's any parallels or any patterns that you notice, because I got to think there's got to be some, right? I mean, you're giving them a chance to the two younger ones to really explore their own selves and to do it without a whole lot of external societal conditioning about how they should be or what they should do or anything like that. They're kind of skipping that part. They're not having that influence of that. Yeah. So my daughter, the 15 year, she's about to be 16 um, on the 20th. So she's, she has some of that. So it's a little bit, you know, like different, but my 10 year old, because he was what, seven or eight, yeah, seven or eight, you know, at the time. And he's just such a free spirit. Like he's the one that's going to be like, well, why? Like, no, I want to know why, why are you saying that? Why is it that way? So he's, you know, so it's great like with him because he doesn't have that. You know, he doesn't have that, especially, you know, when they're younger, they're so much closer to stores. So, you know, they haven't really been, you know, conditioned. And if anything, that conditioning would be coming from me or his dad, you know, and we're very mindful of the words and the certain things that we say. And they'll give him that space to express himself as well as still being parents, you know, in there. So, yeah, it, it is going to be really interesting to really see. I was like, well, this kind of makes sense. I have two kids that went through the school system and two, you know, that are. And I was like, it actually makes sense from like my purpose. Like I'm experiencing it all. And then to be a hundred percent like relatable with so many different people in that sense and being able to speak through experience. My older two are like, why are you ain't homeschooled me? I'm like, it's it's over with now. Like <laughs> we can't we can't dwell on that. <laughs> you know, in that sense. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, and you've got a big spread too. So in ages. Oh yeah. I was just doing the math and you're gonna be my age when your youngest one is done with school. <laughs> so yeah, so I have 10, <laughs> 15, 21, and 23. At one point I had one in everything. It was daycare, elementary, um, middle school, and high school. I was like, 
this is weird. <laughs> so I was like, this is actually weird. I, I think I even posted on social media. I was like, I just had this random thought. <laughs> I have a kid in everything. <laughs> yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the mother curriculum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's been it's been interesting, you know, like they, they'll still do like some, you know, online stuff for the 10 year old some online stuff and that's for his math and for his English in there because, you know, I, yeah, you gotta know how to read, you know, and, and, and that sense. So like the basics in there, but I told them both that they had to take up a language, but it had to be a language that they wanted to learn. I wasn't forcing them, but I was like this, you'll thank me later when you're older that I did encourage you to take like a language. And then it's like, well, what do you, what type of history, what do you want to know about history? You know, what do you want to, what do you want to explore? What do you want to do for fitness? You know, or like, let's go out in nature. Let's go to a park and that stuff. And I was like, you know what? And let's just let life teach you in a way you'll be a lot more, you know, um, equipped to really be out here, you know, in, in life. Yeah. That's that history topic is really interesting one, especially, um, coming from African-American. I know, I just know my husband at home with our younger kids, there's a lot of information shared in school that he has to then correct at home because it's not accurate information. That's a big thing. You know, that's one of the things I was wondering about in your experience, because two of your kids are going, you know, went through the system and two are not. And it's like that opportunity to, to really curate their experience, to, to let them educate themselves about there's tons of resources out there that just aren't shared in school that have more accurate Mm -hmm. information about the actual history that just seems like a huge opportunity. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the interesting fact is that my youngest, so I have four, so three are with my ex-husband and then my youngest set is separate. Well, his dad is white. <laughs> you know, his, his, his dad is white. So I was like, yo, my life is so interesting. And I'm like, I get it though. I get it. Because on one spectrum I had, I remember I did this video on social media and I was like, really, I, I don't know if it was when when the, the murder of George Floyd or if it, because it's so many, unfortunately, like it's so many. But I remember at that time really struggling because my son, who's 21, um, he was probably like 19, 20 or whatever. And I said, I don't know what conversation do I have with him? Do I say, you do exactly what they say if they stop you? Or do I say, you kill them before they kill you? And I said, why do I have to have that type of thought in my head? And then on the other spectrum, I look at my youngest and I'm like, oh yeah, you're good because you look white. You'll fit in. They'll think that you're white because I'm light-skinned and his dad is white. And I'm like, wait, what world am I in? And I said, you know what? It also makes sense once again that I have these different spectrums because it keeps me in my own form of balance because I can't get to this space where I'm like, yo, I hate white people because how can I do that? That's my son. And I like love his dad. Like, you know what I mean? And I have it in my family. So I was like, it definitely keeps me to be able to step back from like the emotions and be able to say, okay, what's really going on here? So I was like, once again, my life makes sense, <laughs> even though when I feel like it didn't make sense, you know? Yeah. It's being able to be, I don't know, I guess uh, across identifications, right? So like breaking yeah. those boundaries down, breaking all those, those standard ways of thinking that people get into in our culture because of these, you know, these regimented pathways that we're supposed to go through, breaking those down, breaking those apart. And I think a lot of people were in that phase of doing that now. I know we've had um, a year and a half of homeschooling for COVID, right? And even though it was guided by schools, it was a completely different situation than we've ever had before. And so a lot more people are exploring this now as a real solution because Mm -hmm. 
Their kids are like, I don't want to go back to that regimented sit in my desk. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know my son, my son's had trouble sitting in those desks because their backs would hurt. Like they're not very ergonomically constructed. And you're my son, my one son is super tall. He's like, you know, six feet and he has to cram himself into this little chair all day long and his back would Mm -hmm. be hurting. So, yeah, I mean, just the logistics of it, but also just like the fact that it, to make a change in the curriculum seems to take forever you know, and it, and then they want to like shut down conversations at school too. I'm in exactly. I'm in Texas, and uh, Governor Abbott, who has been just making a lot of what I consider to be huge gaffes and mistakes, has just now said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to pass this bill so you can't talk about racism in school." Well, that's really helpful to help people come together and have a way to talk to each other across cultures. Okay. Great. So now we're not supposed to talk about it and act as if it doesn't exist. So, I mean, I don't, and I, I get like anybody who feels like I don't want my kid in that environment anymore. And that's why I said it's really, you know, it's more so allowing life to really teach you because life is not, Oh, we're just going to shut it out and you can't talk about this is real. This is real life. This is This is the reality. So how are you going to say, oh, the the one place that our children are at the most out of a day, you're going to say, we can't talk about what's life and what's actually happening. Make that make sense to me. Like to me, I mean, that makes no sense like at all. And then they get out here and they're just like, wait a minute, there's, there's, there's racism. Wait a minute. There's people that's this. What, what, what do you mean? Cause it's like, you know, oh, I didn't learn that in school. Oh, I didn't know that this was this, or even just to the Black History Month. Like, wait, what? There's some amazing dope Black people who have done some amazing things, and you're going to get highlighted in just February. And I don't want my kids to think that, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's only then. This is what this is. Like, nah, I don't like that. Like, at all. And, you know, especially even with my son. You know, like I said, his dad's white. So you're going to get, you're going to get both, you know, in this sense. And and I don't want to censor him from a reality that his older brother that he looks up to has to deal with. He's black. Like he's, there's no hiding it. He's a black man in America, you know, that could have easily been the Trayvon Martin, you know, in that sense, he wears hoodies. Like it's a thing, you know, and, and I remember that, I remember when that was happening, I told him, I said, don't you dare wear your hoodie. I don't, I, I even told him, I said, even if it's raining, I don't care. You better call me and I'll figure it out. I'll come and get you. Don't you dare put your hoodie on. Like, why do I got to pump that fear? Well, first of all, because I'm fearful as a mom, but then I'm pumping that into my son. It's a hoodie. Like, it's to protect you, you know, if it is raining in that sense, or you just think it's cool, you know, <laughs> you know, in there. So it was just really just like, it was just so much. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want my son to be, you know, shelter from this in a sense. Like, you need to know what, what this is just what it is. And being able to like educate and then also asking them, what do you want to learn? Both of them, what do you want to learn about? It doesn't have to be in, in prestigious history, but like, what do you want to learn about? What do you want to explore? Maybe one day you, you want to do photography and then two weeks later, you're like, oh, I want to try this. Okay, let's do that. Right. So let you just be able to really like explore and not have to do just the same thing or only offer the same as everybody else. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I think that a lot of people are going to be exploring this. Pretty, you know, coming out now because of all the exposure 
to being at home and being at being homeschooled and seeing what their kids are going through, you know, whereas it was all separate before people had to go to their jobs and, and they weren't seeing what was happening with their kids at home. Now there's a lot of people deciding, you know what, I'm just going to homeschool. And, uh, we, our neighbor quit her job and she's like, you know what, I'm just going to like stay home and re- and raise my kids. I'm not going to send them off to school where they're doing all this kind of stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. we, we're going to see a lot of changes, right? When people are educated yeah. in different ways and they're not all like educated according to the party line, the conditioning yeah. that they expect us to have in America, we're going to have, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how these generations come out and interact in society. Oh, for sure. You know, um, I said when COVID hit and, you know, some parents that I, that I knew and stuff were freaking out. I was so calm because spirit had already prepared me for this a year before because my kids were homeschooled the year before COVID. So we had already went through that whole adjustment. So it was like, and my daughter was like, I'm glad nothing changes for me. <laughs> but, you know, we were already prepared, you know, a, a year before. And I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, you know, but, um, yeah, but I've, I've, I know a lot of people, they're like, now, now they're looking into the actual homeschooling and where before it was like, I don't know how you could do that. Well, that's good. Like I wish stuff now they're like, wait a minute, I can do this. I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. Like you can. You can. Well, awesome. So how do people get started finding out more about what you do? I know that you have your podcast. Is that a good entry point for people to find out about you? Um, definitely. Or, or, um, connecting with me on Instagram. Cause that's where I like to like hang out and have the most fun on IG. <laughs> so, uh, and that's at mindset slayer. So yeah, I would definitely be checking out the podcast, seeing with your soul. Cause I talk about everything <laughs> over there and yeah. And Instagram. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely connect people over with your, with your Instagram feed and your podcast. And thanks so much for being on the show today, Tisha. I know you have such a beautiful big light and you're shining it bright mm-hmm. and mama to four and inspiration to many. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you coming on today and, and having a conversation with us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I like that mama of four and inspiration to many. I'm, I'm going to keep that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you appreciated this episode, please share it out. Like and subscribe Soul Nectar Show on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you find us and give us a review because that's how people find more of these episodes and discover us and discover wonderful people that I interview like Tisha Michelle here. And so give us a like and a share. And now I'm going to give kisses. Would you like to help me? We're going to give kisses. Here we go. Oh, just blowing kisses? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sending love out into the world. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Got your kisses now. I love you. And we'll see you next week on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar From the source of who you are Yeah, 
Yeah. 